Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned off the signal sign and you are free to move around the cabin. I'd like to remind you though, for your safety, please keep your seatbelt fastened. Non-Rev Lounge is a travel and aviation podcast. Tyler and Monique are siblings that both work for a major airline in Phoenix, Arizona. During this podcast, they will discuss using their flight benefits to travel the world, as well as talk about things that happen at work. They have guests on almost every week to share their travels and stories, leaving tips on the best places to travel or things to do. Enjoy. All right, welcome to show number 14. Today we have Rachel with us. We're very excited. She benefits with her airline for six years now. She works at the headquarters in Dallas, and we'll have her tell a little bit about her job later on. Rachel's Airline is the largest operator of 737s, which means they fly to a ton of places in the United States, and even some places internationally, but because of that, they don't fly long haul. But that has not stopped Rachel from using her flight benefits to see the world. She has an Instagram account and just started a travel blog at Type A Getaway. We will have links in the show notes and on our social media account, so Type A Getaway Instagram and typeagetaway.com. Rachel has been a big supporter of our show, I believe from almost day one, and we're excited to hear her travels and welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so let's do a quick round of get to know you. How much of getting flight benefits played into your decision to get a job with your airline? So actually, my husband's dad is retired from another airline, so he's had flight benefits almost his entire life. And there were definitely some jokes when I started my job that I had to work for an airline because my husband had gotten too used to being able to non-rev. But in all honesty, the flight benefits really didn't play a huge role in my decision. I had heard a lot about the company that I work for, and they had a strong reputation of being a fun place to work and having great culture. So that was really what drew me here. You told us that your background a little bit, that your husband had that. And so I I made some jokes of what I said. I wonder if her husband said, you're going to get a job so I can have my flight benefits back. So (laughs) it it gets in your blood. It does. It does. When he talks about when she found out that she was taken off my benefits because I got married and how she cried even. so I did. Oh, no. <laughs> That's so sad. And then you had to go get your job. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those like Pearl Harbor, like 9-11, like everyone remembers where they were kind of moments. I remember where I was <laughs> when I lost my benefits. That is so funny. So give us a quick overview of what you do for your airline because I, I, you told us a little bit, but is it crew scheduling or can you tell us just what do you do? Yeah, so my airline does crew accommodations a little bit differently than most. I think, if I understand correctly, most other airlines will actually outsource a lot of the hotel and transportation decisions and logistics to a third-party company. But at my airline, we actually have a board of flight attendants and pilots who go out and source the market and screen the hotels and decide where they want crew members to stay And it works really well because we've got the crew members who are going to be staying at those hotels who are the ones who are making those decisions. I'm not a crew member. I work at our headquarters, but I work alongside this team and handle all of the administrative and communication side of that. So it's been a lot of fun. I worked in the internal audit department before. My degree is actually in accounting, and so it. Back then, it was hard to even remember that I worked for an airline because you didn't see any of the operations side. And it's been a lot of fun to be on this side of it and seeing more of the day-to-day and 
what the airline actually does. So do you ever volunteer? I want to go and just kind of make sure I, I can help you by knowing what you do. So because that's like the perfect do. job. Doesn't it? Like, yeah, it sounds yeah. pretty great. Yeah, let me just travel I... and stay in hotels. <laughs> and then I'll give you the reviews, see if you want to go there or not. <laughs> <laughs> I luckily, I was able to go last year, right before the pandemic hit. They let me come on a screening with them to learn how that whole process works. And it was so impressive just what they do and all that goes into the decision, just the things that you don't see behind the scenes. But I'm hoping to go on another one sometime this year. We'll see if that happens. Sounds good. I think I forgot my training. I needed to be retrained. (laughs) Put a few hints out there. (laughs) So you didn't get slammed by all that weather in Dallas and that didn't affect your job. Unfortunately, it did because we had a lot of hotels in Texas that lost power or water or they couldn't get food because they the roads were too icy and they couldn't get their deliveries. So we were scrambling quite a bit just to make sure that people had a place to stay and we're going to have, you know, food and heat and water, but it seems to be calming down. I think that all of our hotels are back up and running luckily. Good, good. All right, so there's kind of a debate in our house or with different people about how early you should show up for a flight. I know people, good friends who will show up 30 minutes before flights, pretty much like at boarding time. Other ones, maybe like my dad who want to be there about three, four hours early for a domestic flight. What is your opinion on that? It depends for me. If I have a ticket purchased, then I am pretty last minute, maybe 45 minutes, an hour maximum. Um, there's just no reason to sit around at the airport because we do enough of that when we're non-revving. But if the flight is pretty full and I'm non-revving, I do like to get there early just to make sure the gate agent knows I'm there, knows I want to get on the flight and doesn't accidentally skip over me when they're clearing standbys. But on the other hand, if I'm non-revving and the flight is looking pretty empty, then I'm very last minute. And actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Colorado for the weekend and I planned to take an evening flight, but it finished up with everything that I was doing and figured I might as well go to the airport, try to get on an earlier flight. So I turned in my rental car at the Denver airport 40 minutes before the flight left. And for those those unfamiliar with the Denver airport, the rental car office was offsite. So I had to turn in the rental car, wait for the shuttle, take the shuttle to the airport, go through security, take the tram over to the terminal, and then run to the gate. Um, But I made it just as the last passenger was boarding and they still let me on thankfully oh good <laughs> <laughs> that's impressive though that's like the the business travelers could they could show up like 25 minutes for but those are the ones that you know they they set up to get them right on the plane and move them right so. and i would never do that if i didn't have another flight that i could have taken oh, yeah. there. i knew backup. that there was another option you know worst case i sit at the airport for a few hours but that was one of the benefits for me of you know flying standby that I can go to the airport when I am finished with what I'm doing and just try to get on an earlier flight if it works out. And this time it did. What is a destination you wish your airline flew to that doesn't? Do you have something that you kind of wish? Oh, I wish we... I do. I really hope we fly to Canada one day. I love mountains. I love hiking. I have been to Whistler, British Columbia, and I've been to Banff National Park in Alberta. And those were some of the most beautiful places I've ever visited 
Um, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I actually prefer Canada over Switzerland. So I really hope that we go there one day. Really? I've never been to Switzerland, but it looks beautiful. That's crazy. It is beautiful. But for me, I am not comfortable renting a car overseas where I don't know how to drive on the correct side of the road. And I'm not that adventurous. So in Canada, it was enough like the US that I felt like I could drive and I was looking at the map where we were going in Switzerland and realizing that our almost three-hour train journey was only going to take 35 minutes by car. And then that's when I decided that I liked Canada better. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that happening knowing who you work for. I I wouldn't be surprised if you guys end up going. You go to Mexico. I mean, that's not too crazy to think that even at a soon point, you guys could be going up there. I hope so. Okay, so we're going to do some would you rathers to kind of help get to know us a little bit better. And I'll ask one, and it'll be for both of you. And then Winnie will ask one for you and me to both answer. You win a free weekend hotel, and your options are go to Florida Beach vacation in August or <laughs> or a nice lodge in Anchorage in January. So would you rather do Anchorage in January or Florida in August? I would choose Anchorage. Florida in August is so gross. <laughs> Have you been to Florida in August? Or I have been to Florida in August. I have pretty fair skin and I could not keep sunscreen on. I got so burned despite putting it on, I think every 45 minutes because I would just sweat it right off. <laughs> right? You so walk I'll out and come like, sauna. Like- yes. So I will come to Anchorage in January with you. I don't know if you can see the northern lights in Anchorage, but that sounds promising. I saw that one of your like bucket list things or whatever is mm. to see the Northern Lights. So you had me thinking. And so I looked, you can go to Fairbanks. So if you go just up a little bit further, you can see them in March is oh. when they're supposed to peak. That's what Google said. Tell her things I need to do more research. Amazing. But. but January, they should still probably get a good chance. Of yeah, I would think because they're supposed to go from like August to April. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. Have you yeah. all seen that? No, so no. That's, I would love to see him too. So soon, mm-hmm. that's why I was like, well, maybe I've got a week off in March. I was thinking. I thought that just in general, Alaska in January, because people go to Alaska in the summer when it's nice. But mm-hmm. so I thought, oh, maybe that'll be. But yeah, I think I would have chose Alaska too. I would. It just seems it's probably more like a winter wonderland yeah. as long as I don't have to drive in it. Would you rather fly on Air Force One? Yes. I'm <laughs> not even done yet. <laughs> or get an all week's prepaid vacation to your favorite spot. So you're not paying a dime. Everything's prepaid for to your favorite spot for a week. I would probably pick an all expense paid to my favorite spot. I think Air Force One would be incredible to see, but it's kind of one and done. Whereas you get a more extended experience uh, for free at somewhere else. See, that's what I'm the opposite, but I'm the aviation mm-hmm. guy. The Air Force One would be a once in a lifetime thing where I feel like if there was a, that one trip could come along, but I'm not going to be able to fly on Air Force One. So that's what I would take. Where, 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 where is that one place? Do you have it in mind already? Probably somewhere expensive if it's going to be free. <laughs> Someone else is paying for you. <laughs> I, maybe, maybe New Zealand, somewhere, you know, harder to get to from yeah. Dallas. But nice. I I feel like my family is going to say that I should have said Air Force One because it is, you know, nobody gets to do that. We can, we can pay for these other types of experiences, but... It's so rare to yeah. have an opportunity for something like that. So maybe I need to switch my answer. No, that's fine. No, that's- you're going five stars, Bora Bora, your own little <laughs> right over the water. 
See, yeah, I would I would rather take Air Force One almost any. That's just my personal thing. I, that was, mm-hmm. It came to Phoenix a lot last year with the presidential stuff and just seeing it and to be on there. Even just to take a tour on there would be pretty amazing. So Yeah, it would be cool to see. All right. So would you rather never have internet access again or never be able to take an airplane again? Oh. Is that your answer? <laughs> well, what do you mean no internet access? Like on our phones yeah, or like in, period? Period. Not just on flights, but. Oh, jeez. What, Rachel, what do you got? Because that's tough. I guess I would have to pick not ever be able to take an airplane again because I don't know how I would plan anything without internet access. I know people used to do that back in the day, you know, calling travel agents and going to the library to pick up guidebooks, but I don't know how I would do that. So I guess I would drive long distances all around the <laughs> North America and just explore that really well. I think maybe I would go without internet access. Did, can I have other people have access to it? Like just I you can't can, like, have look, access. Look this up for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got some pretty good guidebooks downstairs yeah. to different places, but that's a tough one. Whew. But that means like no. We're so we need internet. Now. Yeah, like no TikTok. Oh, that's what I do. <laughs> no. no, that's tough. All right. Would you rather sit between two 300-pound football players on a red-eye flight or sit next to a crying baby? Oh, that's easy for me. I'd pick the crying baby every time. I can put my headphones on, and yes, you can probably still hear it, but I feel like I was that crying baby a lot of times. My first flight was when I was three weeks old, so I have a little bit more compassion for that, but being... In the middle seat, in between, where you have no space at all, that would be a lot more difficult for me. Are the 300-pounders, are they, they smell good and things? Sure, yeah. They Do they sp- mind if we cuddle? That's, that was no, I would take the baby, too. Because <laughs> with the baby, like you said, you could put headphones on. I have uh, noise-canceling headphones, and, and chances are I probably have my own baby in my lap. So it's probably the one that's screaming. <laughs> it's your, it is your baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking if... Th- the guys are really like big. Or if they're squishy, then maybe yeah, they could be kind of pillows. But, I <laughs> but I've also rode between people. Yeah, it's not fun. Oh, okay. So just tell us about a st- or excuse me, tell us about a stressful travel experience. Do you have a time when traveling was kind of stressful? There was a time I was non-revving back from Indianapolis. I've been spending some time with some friends, and flights were pretty full. And I was trying to get home. Had to work the next morning, and someone listed at the time. Our airline did uh, seniority-based check-in. So someone listed last minute right above me, took the last seat. So my my friends had to come pick me up, and we went to Goodwill and bought me a shirt and shorts that looked like my uniform. So when I landed in the morning, I ran and clocked in. I clocked in from when we landed 10 minutes later, put my uniform on that wasn't the uniform. It was just a blue shirt, blue shorts. (laughs) And work my shift, but I was so stressed that if we would have got delayed in the air, I wouldn't have made it. And even taxiing, yeah, sometimes you can yeah, get stuck out was, there. Yeah, because it was it looked like it was pretty good, and it closed up, closed up, and then even last minute, it was like, oh, I didn't get on. So Ugh, yeah, I've been stressed a whole night in flight. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think I've been a little bit luckier than you. I have never had to rush to work quite that quickly. My worst was probably on my 30th birthday trip that I took to Disneyland a couple years ago. I was trying to make it back and flights looked great, but then there was a cancellation and everyone was getting rerouted through Dallas to anywhere they were trying to go. And so as a result of that, pretty much the entire system ended up being booked up and 
We did make it home. I think it took us 16 hours to make it home, but I was starting a new job the next day in a new department, and I was just so thankful to have made it because that would have been pretty awkward to call your new boss that you don't even know and say you're not going to come in on your first day. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a, once one cancellation happens, it just feels like, yeah. Domino effect. Everything exactly. Yeah. Oh. I'm glad you made it back in time. I am too. It was crazy. And I was with my husband, my sister and her husband too. And they were newlyweds and did not want to split up. And so we sent (laughs) my husband on one flight, you know, by himself. And then we're going all across the country trying to get home. And just, just thankfully we all made it. Could not have cared less how long it took because we got home. Oh, yeah. That. When I was first married, my wife, we always wanted to be together. And, and I was like, no, no, we, we just need to get home. But now it's just like whatever we have to do to get home under those um, flying different mm-hmm. airlines, different routes. Well, that's it too. When I was Teller's registered companion, they'd always sit us next to each other because they thought like, oh, yeah, they're listed together. Like they're in same last name. Like they're probably married. They want to sit next to each other. And we'd always be like, no, like, well, we don't need to sit next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> they always felt that obligation. We're like, no, no, no. Just give us the best seats. Yeah, like, I want a window. He wants a window. Come on. We learned now to let him know ahead of time. You had quite the experience when you were in France, though. We're wondering if you could share it. I want to know some more details about it. So would you share that with us? So I was planning to go to France a few years ago. And sadly, there had been several terrorist attacks around Europe right around that time. And there had actually been a threat uncovered in France less than a week before I went. Safety is obviously the most important thing when traveling. So I talked with the people I was going with, and we did feel like it would still be safe to go because we knew security would be heightened. And when we got there, that was most definitely the case. I don't think I've ever seen so many armed guards walking around everywhere. Sometimes they would just stop us randomly on the street and ask us to open up our bags and look through them. But we were, of course, very happy to comply because we knew that they were working to keep everyone safe. And that was why we were able to still go on the trip. But the craziest thing to me was on the way back home, we were at the airport in Paris and the ticket agent, before you go through security and everything, was practically grilling me about my trip and asking me all kinds of questions way beyond the normal friendly small talk. I'm just trying to get my security document and she's asking, I had mentioned that I went to Disneyland Paris and she's asking what my favorite ride was and why and how the parks were different from the U.S. parks and what did we eat, just all these kinds of things that did not feel normal. It felt very unusual. And I'm just standing there awkwardly trying to figure out what's going on and why the printer is being so slow. But it finally dawned on me later on that she was probably screening me to see if I was getting off any red flags just since there was so much going on in Europe and so many potential threats that I am imagining that all of the airline and airport employees were trained to be on very high alert at that time. But in the moment, it just felt so strange. And I did not know why she cared what my favorite ride was. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been back to France since? 
I have not been back since. So you need to go back and see if it's just French people are like weird and awkward or if it was because of the security thing. <laughs> that is a really good idea. I think I think that's a good excuse to go back. <laughs> yeah, do some research. Did you yes. regret did you regret going at all? Not at all. It was great. We never felt unsafe. I mean, especially because there was clearly so much security. It was around the time that the Christmas markets were open. And that had been something that was on my list of things that I wanted to do and see. So I had a great experience. One thing that was maybe I shouldn't have done, but I've just never seen security like that. And I wanted to take a picture because it was just so fascinating. So I pretended like I was taking a picture of some building, but really I was like zoomed in on the big old guns. And one of the friends I was traveling with was like, I don't know if you should be doing that. (laughs) They might not want you taking their picture, but I had proof. (laughs) So you got to do Christmas markets and Disney over there? Did. And that was actually in a weekend trip, which is kind of funny. I'm, I'm way too exhausted to do trips like that now, but we... Flew into Heidelberg and did some Christmas markets over there in Germany and some of the castles and things like that. And took a bus over to Strasbourg and did some Christmas markets there and touristy things around there. And then took a train to Paris and did Disneyland Paris. Actually never even went to the city of Paris. So I feel kind of ridiculous having been to Disney, but not Paris. But I'm a big Disney fan. I'm pretty jealous right now. (laughs) Did you sleep for a week afterwards? Because it seems like doing Germany and Disney and Paris, that seems like it'd be a lot. That's a lot to do. Yeah. It was a lot. We had, I think we only had two full days and then we had flights on either side, you know, transatlantic flights. But I had to go to work the next day, just like all of the people I was traveling with had to. And it was fine. We all survived. But I cannot do things like that anymore. Sounds like a blast, though. Yeah. Unless I said, I'm jealous. That's I, I, <laughs> my friend and I, we wanted to try to do all of the Disney's in one. We don't know if we can do it Me in a year too. sometime, but it would, it's kind of what our goal is. So that, that you've done Paris one is. And then the Christmas markets are also something I think would be really fun to see. More to put on my list. Could you tell us about one of your favorite non-rev trips? Yes. So one of my best friends, a few years ago, she and I were able to go on a 10-day cruise through Greece and Italy, and we flew nonstop to Rome on a Zed fair, um, because like we mentioned, my airline doesn't fly overseas. We had the best gelato I've ever had at a place called Come Il Latte. I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but it's in Rome. I would go back to Rome just for that gelato. It was so good and not that expensive either, which is always a win. Yeah. And then we took a train over to the port and got on the cruise ship the next day. We stopped at several Greek islands um, and a couple places in Italy as well. I think my favorite stop was Mykonos. I wasn't sure if I would like it because I'd heard it was kind of a party scene and that's not really my style, but we were only there in the day because we were on a cruise. And so, you know, maybe the atmosphere changes at night, but I thought it was so charming. It was so cute. All the cobblestone streets, the whitewashed buildings, all the flowers blooming, Um, And then the water is just so beautiful over there. So it is a pretty touristy place, but I still really liked it and thought it was so pretty. And then 
I also really liked our stop on the Amalfi Coast of Italy. We did not get to spend nearly enough time there, but it was just so beautiful. But the craziest thing about that trip was on our departure day when we were trying to fly home, there was a huge thunderstorm and they didn't even let us get off the ship for several hours because I guess it was unsafe with the just like weather the, and okay. yeah and the the way that they dock it was just not going to be safe so um we'd prearranged a taxi back to the airport and our driver almost left without us because we were taking so long luckily he did not um but once we got to the airport our flight kept being delayed longer and longer and i understand that you know sometimes the agents can't always tell passengers why a flight's being delayed, but they were giving us all these weird reasons that just didn't make any sense, like something about the plane needed to be refueled. Okay, that's fine, but the plane's been sitting here for two hours. Why was it not already refueled? At one point, they told us they had to weld a door back on, which <laughs> oh, that's did, not a not, good <laughs> did not give me a lot of confidence about actually yeah. getting on that plane. <laughs> um, at one point, they told us that the crew wasn't there yet because it was Sunday and they had wanted to sleep in and just weird <laughs> oh, excuses. <laughs> They're throwing everyone under the bus that they can. <laughs> Seriously. So I have no idea what was going on, but um, we waited a few hours and finally we were able to get our boarding passes and were able to get on. Um, but I forgot to mention during this whole time, we didn't even know if we were cleared for the flight yet. So at some point we're thinking, all right, if you're if we're not going to be able to get on Let's just go to a hotel so we can rest and, you know, regroup tomorrow. But uh, we didn't want to leave, obviously, in case there ended up being a seat. But luckily there was. We we finally were allowed to board. And then the plane sat on the runway for another two hours. Oh, dang. <laughs> so, and I was happily sitting in a middle seat in coach between a husband and wife who kept oh, talking God. over they me wouldn't just for switch with the you? whole flight. <laughs> but no, which I understand. I mean, for a flight that long, if I had bought the ticket, I would want my window or my aisle seat too. But That's still it weird. Was, it was kind of funny. <laughs> I had fallen asleep right after we got on the plane just because it had been such an ordeal. And... I woke up what I thought was, you know, hours later, and it was hours later, but we still hadn't even left the ground yet. So we made it back. It all worked out. And, you know, I never I never have any complaints if I have a seat on the flight, but it was it was an experience, that's for sure. All right, I have some questions. Did you were you stressed non revving to a cruise? Because that seems like you have to be there, right? For the the crew you had to set so were you stressed about that or did you did you know loads so you weren't too bad or Well we came in the day before so we weren't in a huge rush we wouldn't I would never fly across the ocean and then try to get to the ship on the same day that would really stress me out but we flew in the day before and so I knew that we at least had some options. It was the middle of the week, you know, flights are usually not as full and we could have, you know, taken several different routes. So, yeah, we just kept watching the loads and seeing what things were looking like and had a day of a buffer. So, luckily it worked out, but um and I was not too stressed on the way there, but that's yeah, a that's good interesting question. Cause I 
my wife and I did a cruise from uh, Puerto Rico, and we went a couple of days early, which gave us time to go see Puerto Rico because we hadn't seen that before. But you know, if, if things fill up. If I were to do it again, I think I would go a couple of days early rather than just one just to have a little bit of extra gelato. time no. in case something happens. But yeah, <laughs> all the pizza, all the gelato. <laughs> Yeah, just if you have if you're staying in a hotel and you lose one day, you lose one day. But the cruises are one thing that's it's not uh you know, you can't just lose one day if so have you flown an airline right. again since then? Okay. I, I didn't know if that was a bad enough experience <laughs> with them telling you <laughs> They wanted to sleep in. Oh my gosh, that's so bad. That that's the weirdest and they're welding thing. a door on. That was not over the yeah, that that part was not over the loudspeaker. They just told that to us when we had gone up and you know asked a question. Oh, the then gate. that's probably but true. Anyway, yeah, oh. sorry, sorry to derail, but <laughs> well, no, because there are times when I hear like my coworkers still make announcements about like, yeah, are, we're missing a crew member because they slept in. It's like don't make that as a an announcement like that's to me it's like no one needs to know that our crew slept in yeah when that person shows up everyone's gonna look at them like oh you're the one that messed up Mm-mm. yeah it's anyway to me it's just like can we save a little bit of face here <laughs> one time my wife was flying back from yeah the plane was coming from phoenix but they said that someone told her and i wasn't with her to be like that's not true they said they have to take the tarps off the plane so they can and i was like we don't put tarps on planes like if it rains <laughs> there's no tarps that come yeah what? and i'm so like where are these gating just coming up with this stuff but. Oh, those gate agents, they're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but in our defense, they rarely give us any information anyway. Like, honestly, when flights are canceled, most of the time it's the passengers telling us. So we look really stupid. Because <laughs> people are like, why is our wow. flight canceled? And we're like, it's not. It's still going on on time. And then we turn around and our board's like, canceled. And we're like, oh, well, yeah, there it is. But most people would, would oh, probably no. not think any of it. But if you're someone that works around airplanes or you're like... They don't weld doors on. There's maintenance. Why did you say there's maintenance? But or, or yeah, that plane's definitely getting taken out of service if they're <laughs> welding a door on. Yeah, gotta send it back to Boeing because yeah. I mean they just mm-hmm. mostly just use duct tape on everything. <laughs> I, I want to do a cruise in Europe though. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would be cool. So Monique, when you end up picking uh, flights to Z on, how do you pick your flights? Usually, if I'm Zing, it's because I have to get somewhere and my flights are full. So that's why I would say so whatever's the the easiest, the cheapest. And yeah, I'm pretty darn cheap. So most of the time that I've said is coming back from Salt Lake to Phoenix and different airline. There's one that I can get on for like $35. There's another one that's like $55. And even if like the 55 is a better time, I'm like, uh, we'll do the like, <laughs> I'll pay the 35 and I'll still get home. So Rachel told us that she chose an airline because of something kind of interesting. So why don't you tell us? You said you had a couple of different airlines to choose from and you chose one. So how did what was that and how did you pick that? So with my airline, we don't have a first class. And so I know a lot of guests will talk about, oh, I chose the plane that I was most interested in or the, you know, one that had first class available or something like that. That's never a consideration for me when I'm setting. Monique, I'm definitely with you as far as the cost. I will pick the cheapest one if I have options there. But if all the factors are equal and the cost is about the same, the times are about the same. I had a trip a few years ago. It was actually my first Zed trip ever. And there were several options that looked pretty good and open. So I actually got online and looked up all of the in-flight movie selections on the different airlines and picked the one that I thought had the best selection. And I'm sure that would just sound ridiculous to, you know, a revenue customer who is 
buying their ticket and, you know, wanting the time or the price that's the best. But, uh, you know, if all of their factors are the same, why not have some good movies to watch? That's I think it's funny you picked movies over like the food. Yeah, I'm not a huge airplane food fan. Um, To be honest, I had that was only my second or third trip overseas at all. And so I kind of forgot that food was even served and was an option. But if that happens again, I will definitely go that route instead. <laughs> That's what I think for me, I would choose the airplane type. If, it, if there was a couple airlines flying the same route, the same. And I've never, I'm more of an aviation guide. I've never flown on a Dreamliner before. I'd probably take a Dreamliner over a 777. Plus, you get to touch the windows and open them. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So, but that's interesting. Yeah. You, you did the research and you found out that it'd be funny if you chose one and you, they were all in Spanish or something, all in French. Or they were chose. like, that's our westbound and you're going eastbound. <laughs> so those movies won't be showing. <laughs> I was very particular about the, you know, making sure I had the right dates, the right routes, whatever to, to find the movies. So you really did your research then. But I can't sleep on planes. I don't. I tried. I don't know about you guys, but I cannot sleep on planes hardly at all. And so those, you know, red eye overnight flights. I want something to do because everyone else is going to be sleeping, and I'm going to be wide okay, awake. Most a lot of times, I'm asleep before takeoff. Like if I have a choice, I I'm, I'm out. <laughs> it sounds awful not to be able to sleep. See, and I'll fall asleep before takeoff, but then I'll wake up, you know, 45 minutes later and be awake for the rest of the flight. So I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, that's. My wife can't sleep, but we'll land, we'll land in Europe and I'll be well rested and she'll be dead. And I'm like, well, let's go. It's, it's midnight our time, but it's I've, I've been sleeping for the last six hours. Let's go. Yeah. So you sent us some of your bucket list things and I thought they were, I was kind of jealous. I was like, those are some really good ideas. I think I even told Taylor, I was like, I like all of her bucket list ideas. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I started a few years ago, a bucket list of experiences, things that I want to do rather than just places I want to visit. And as you might imagine, it's a long list and just keeps getting longer as I find out about new places and new things to do. A few that I have on the list right now that are pretty high up there are watching the Northern Lights, really anywhere. Finland would be my number one, probably. I My mom has been there and said it was just absolutely incredible. The Winter Wonderland, like you were talking about earlier. I would love to go ice skating on Lake Louise in Canada. I want to go ziplining in Costa Rica, take a cooking class in Italy, preferably pizza or pasta, something delicious. And um, back to the Disney thing from earlier, I would love to take a picture in front of every Disney theme park castle. So I'm halfway there right now. I've done the two U.S. and the one in Paris, but none of none of the Asian parks yet. So hopefully one day. I've d- done a, a tiny bit of research on the Northern Light things. In Finland, you know, do they have those like glass globe kind of things that you can sleep in? Have you seen those at all? Yes, I think they do. I think that would be the most magical experience ever, probably. That's I think too. I don't know how what the price realistically for me would be. But yeah, just like seeing those, I'm like, that would be cool to lay in bed and see them like right over you. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I would definitely pick that over the real igloos that, you know, how they'll have those ice hotels where you can stay in an actual igloo and your bed's made of ice and everything else is made of ice. I'm going to take the glass ones where it's heated <laughs> and, you know, you can see the pretty view. I do not have any interest in being cold. No. 
The Lake Louise, that's in Banff, right? And we've been there. You've been there, right? I've been there. It is. That was a trip. My dad did not invite me on that trip. Oh, that's what But <laughs> when they were there, William and Kate were also there <laughs> on their like royal honeymoon tour. It's beautiful there. You, you said you've been there before, just not in the winter. I've been there in the summer, and it was beautiful in the summer. I... I think it'd be great to go back in the winter too. Or you just want ice skate or is it like a thing they, they set up and they get ice skates? Is that a, I might, I've never heard of it. So they set it up. Yeah. Yeah. They set it up. They, there's that big hotel, the Chateau Lake Louise, I think is what it's called. And they've got their whole setup with rentals and things like that. I think in January each year, they usually have ice sculptures that are out on the lake too. And I think it'd just be a fun experience to. Yeah, to see all of that. And we don't really typically get much of a winter in Texas. So I think it'd be fun to to see that. Yeah, that'd different. be really pretty. I know that it's beautiful in the summer and I'm sure the winter. No, there's some. So if you could choose one, which one do you want of those bucket lists? They're all great ones. What's your, your is your one that's above the other ones? Probably the cooking class in Italy. I have been to Italy twice, but only for one day each time. And so it's just not enough to even scratch the surface and i i think that wanting to go to italy is probably an even stronger desire than wanting to take the cooking class that's just something that would be really fun and unique but i really would love to go explore some more of italy you've been i've never italy's yeah definitely high on my list oh yeah yeah usually when we end our show we give tips and you gave us so many good ones we're gonna have you just give some of your tips and and your non-rev advice and then we'll see what we and then we'll say ditto or yeah (laughs) we agree or disagree so will you share share some of those with us that you shared and then uh, we'll go through those so yeah there's some good ones so many good ones i said we don't need to even add our stuff to I appreciate that. So when I was going to Zed for the first time, I just didn't have any idea what I was doing. And obviously, you know, people are helpful and it all worked out. But I had a few tips that I would give to a first time Zed flyer. Don't forget to look up the luggage weight limits on the airlines that you're thinking about traveling on, especially if it's a non-U.S. airline. A lot of times they will have different rules than what we're used to and their weight limits are actually lower. And there's been a couple of times that I've had to check a bag when I didn't intend to or kind of sweet talk the agent into letting me keep it even though it was overweight. And that was just something that I had not expected there to be a weight limit for. If I can lift it and put it up into the overhead bin, I never even thought that there would be a restriction on that. Yeah, I think ours is like 50 pounds. Wait, that's even for carry-ons? Some of their carry-ons. It was yeah. for carry-ons. Oh, our airline doesn't yeah. have a weight limit for carry-ons. Don't they? You have to be able to just lift it yourself. That's our that's yep. our rule. That's a yeah, they weigh everything cuz I have I we bought tickets like the low fare ones and yeah, they weigh everything and it's not 50 pounds, it's like some in kilograms, which ends up being like 35 pounds. And so if you're used to packing your heavy stuff kind of in there to keep it out. On the, that's a yeah. gate a um a check bag, but the even the, the yeah, so that's a good point. It was really unexpected and luckily I was able to you know, keep my bag one time and they just checked it for free another time. So it worked out. But that was just something that I don't like to check bags, especially if I'm non-revving because you just don't know what could accidentally happen. But yeah, so that was just something I had not even thought to 
look up. Number two, a lot of revenue customers don't get assigned a seat until the day of the flight. So I had been given the suggestion to look at the seat maps, you know, go online and pretend like you're buying a ticket and go to your seat selection and see how many seats are left available. That was not a good strategy for finding out how many seats were still available because we didn't even think about the fact that people with the different fare types, a lot of them aren't even getting assigned their seat until the last second. No, I, I agree. That's what things should change the most. I found that there's groups on Facebook that will do it. And just off the thing, yeah, it's hard to trust those because what the airline wants you to see and what they actually have available is. Well, because that's it. Even as I'm working at the gate, like today we had about 30 confirmed passengers without seat assignments when they came up to the gate. So that's an hour before. If you thought, oh, there's wow. 30 open seats, there's really not. Like we... We're going to go out full. So yeah, I get it. That's definitely a a thing. Wow. Yeah. Do you guys use the staff traveler app? No. I haven't. No. I think I've heard about it, but I've never... Reloads. So it is phenomenal. It is where you can just get on there and put whatever flight you want. And then whoever works for that airline will give you the loads. That's what... There's the... uh, uh, Maybe you've seen a Facebook group that it's just like non rev loads. And so I'll, I'll, you put out, and so I've mm-hmm. found success with that. But sometimes you put it out, there's so many people on there now that you're post gets buried fast. So if someone doesn't get it soon. Yeah, I've had better luck with I think it's called staff traveler. If I've had better luck with that than with than with the Facebook group just for that exact reason. Is it pretty international? Like the the Facebook group is kind of I feel like it's it's pretty much Mm -hmm. the States and then every so often you'll have international people on there. Is it I think so. I've only I only started using it. I I don't know how new it is, but I only started using it 2019, I think. And so I haven't done a ton of international travel, but we, I mean, we were looking up like Swiss Airways, which, you know, flies to the US, but is not a US airline. And that was on there. I think it's pretty more robust than, yeah, than just the US. I'm I'm getting on it right now. I recommend it. (laughs) I hope you like it. known about that but it's it's been it's been really helpful for me. Okay, back to the tips. We had talked about how early we get to the airport earlier, but I if I'm traveling internationally especially and if I'm setting, I always try to get to the airport earlier than I think I need to be there. You just don't know how long it's going to take to get through security to You don't know what their process is going to be with printing your security document. Sometimes you can use the kiosk and do it yourself, but sometimes you have to wait in that long line um, to get up to the ticket counter and get your paperwork to go through. So I do always get to the airport earlier than I think I need to be because I have almost missed flights that way before when I just didn't plan in enough time. That's a good one. That's what there's some airlines. There's very different. Some airlines I can, if I miss my flight, I can, I Southwest is this way. I can get on, list the jet, walk over and hop on with a few minutes. And other ones, it's a hassle. I, I think Alaska, you have to remember them when we were in Hawaii. Yeah, they have like a special app that you have to the app, go and then you have to call them. And so it's it's a much different process. So just being a little more prepared is a very good tip. Outside of the U.S. especially, sometimes the ticket agents don't understand what you mean if you're using terms like Zed Fair or non-revenue. So this has been a little bit of a challenge for me sometimes when I'm trying to get my security document and go through 
I was told by someone else to try using the term staff travel, as that's a little bit more universal, and I have definitely had better luck with that term than Zed or non-Rev. Oh, that was good to know. Yeah. That is good. Sorry. And then last, take pictures of your airline badge and your passport too is always a good idea. If I'm traveling with someone else, I always text these pictures to the person that I'm traveling with just so that they'll have a copy as well. And that way, if anything were to happen, if something were to get lost or stolen, I've got a record of my ID and I've got a record of my airline employment. And that just can make things a little bit easier as you're trying to deal with that situation yeah because heaven forbid anything happened but to actually have proof of different stuff would be really good and important yeah i've done that for my passport before when to costa rica i make sure that other people had so if my bag gets stolen or lost that i get because if your phone's in your bag then your picture's gone too yeah so it's good like you send it to other people that's smart yeah that was all my tips no those are really good (laughs) that's thank you that's a a lot of good stuff for not i mean there's stuff in there that not even just non-revs that's based for non-revs but just normal passenger make sure you kind of know what your stuff looks like and you yeah. Well, Definitely. thanks for being on with us today. This was really fun. So yeah, everyone go find Rachel on Instagram. It's type A getaway and on her blog at type A getaway.com. Yeah. I just looking through your Instagram account. You've got pictures from all over the world and stuff that makes me go, oh, because I think was it some of your pictures? Was it Italy? I thought big mountains. It's just beautiful. So yeah, go check out her stuff and she's going to continue to post and then hopefully we can get back to traveling more and and post some more pictures. So thank you. You've been a great guest and you have to go travel some more and come back on and join us again. Thank you guys so much for having me. And just as a final closing thought, did we make it through an entire episode without talking about lay flat seats or Hawaii? Oh, did we? I think we did. <laughs> well, it, it, the only time it got Bob was when you brought it up, I think. <laughs> I was just... So yeah, so we did good. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Not quite. We <laughs> no, it's, it's good. I said, I, before we started, before we boarded, I said, the airline doesn't have it. So we may get through a whole episode. So Well, and we've made a joke before that we were going to turn it into a <laughs> drinking game. And I had a friend yeah. at work that was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the drinking game. Everyone's going to be sober now after this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good driving to work well, sorry, but <laughs> episode. <laughs> that one made me laugh. But thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun to meet you. Nice to meet you guys as well. This has been Non-Rev Lounge. Thanks for joining Tyler and Monique. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter by searching Non-Rev Lounge. Also, you can contact them at nonrevloungepodcast at gmail.com. They would love to hear from you. They are always looking for ideas to make their show better. If you are enjoying this show, please think about leaving a review or rating so other people can find this show. Thanks for joining us. See you next week and safe travels.